Roscoe. Welcome to number seven, podcast seven, wide open with Chris Barant. I got my buddy Roscoe here, my wingman. We're getting ready to go down to Chile, aren't we there, big guy? Yep. We're very excited about it too. It is June 28th. Um, What's crazy is usually, obviously we have some time off after we stop guiding and and playwriting and filming. We have a a pretty big gap in between now and Chile. And that is just not the case here in Colorado. No. No. You, I think I saw you writing some. Did I make you a little jealous? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Oh my gosh. So for you guys, um, it's kind of weird because with podcasts, you can listen to them at any time. But so it is actually June 28th right now, 2019. And last weekend, uh, we got absolutely pounded with snow. Pounded. Uh, they they were calling for two to four inches and we got two to three feet. Uh, I went on a Saturday and there was legitimately two feet of new snow and then it snowed again that night and guys went up the next day. And I, I mean, there was, there was three feet of snow June 23rd. And, you know, I was thinking about that and we, we talk about, you know, crazy storms and all of this stuff. And I, I truly think, I mean, this could be, this could have been one of those 50 year storms that, um, I mean, how could you not take advantage of that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Like end, end of June, big snow. And, and you, you see like little, you'll, you'll get little snow up top, the very top. But I mean, you, you're telling me there's like still eight feet of snow at certain snow tails, which is insane. Yeah, it's so there was there was seven feet on the ground. So there's a there's a snow tail site up there that measures the the depth of snow. There was seven feet on the ground with what was really cool is when you ride in May or June and you try to extend the season, usually what you're running into is uh, real hard pack, slippery conditions that you're just going out to say you went snowmobiling. But this, this particular ride with all of that new snow, it was full on legit riding, just like what we would ride in January through April. It was, it was so much dang fun. I I went out, uh, so, (laughs) so Matt Ants, He's, he's got the disease as much as I do. I, we, him and I were texting and, uh, I was like, dude, it's good. It's gonna, it's, it's, we, we kept watching the weather cam and I mean, we're texting each other at like midnight, you know, like, Oh, I think it's going to be good. And Matt ends up getting up like right after three o'clock, 3 AM to get up there because we knew we wanted to get up there super early so we could have powder to ride. And, um, and so we, I left my house at five, Matt was right behind me and we ended up being on the snow right at eight 30 and got to go do pow turns in June. It's pretty sweet. That's awesome, man. The last time I rode June was not, that's not even close to how it was. It was like an hour and a half drive up the worst road of my life to try to get to snow period and then ride like a little patch. That's usually what you get when you ride June, <laughs> you don't get pow a- turns and. 
<laughs> exactly. That's that's totally what what June is all about. And I, and you know Matt and I were joking. We've had such an incredible snow year here in Colorado that uh, we, we we were joking like, well, you know maybe maybe next month we'll be able to ride spring conditions because <laughs> we're still doing powder turns in, in June. Yeah. And yeah. So it'll get increasingly hard to get to the snow. Uh, this, you know, the snow line melts pretty quick this time of year. But man, there is a ton of snow up there, and uh, what a what a great snow year for Colorado and, and the West in general. To be honest, I mean, uh, a bunch of places in in Wyoming and Idaho, and and I think even your neck of the woods did uh, pretty dang good. So it's great. Great to see. And even the Midwest, man, we we needed a, a big snow year in, in the U.S. Uh, for snowmobile sales and just the overall morale of, of the industry. And and we got it. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And I think that'll that'll help people's position mentally going into next year for uh, hopefully another good winter. Yeah. Yep. And it just you know, you just, that's all you can hope for. Cause we rely so much on mother nature. It's like we talk about with our job. You can't, there's, there is no, there's no beating her. She's gonna, she's gonna tell you what she, you get and you have to deal with it. So we're very grateful when we get, we get winters like this and storms, like you were just talking about, um, you know, it's just enjoyable. It's easy. Yep. And, and to touch on that just one more time, like it was so crazy. So Monarch Ski Area is, is our local ski area. It's about 50 miles south of us. And actually, it's not even that far. It's a little bit south of us. They put up a picture of the exact same day from last year to this year. And yeah. the entire ski resort was brown, like dirt last year at the same time that they took the picture this year, where this year it, there was not one speck of dirt. It looked like it was prime time, middle of the season, uh, skiing, snowboarding conditions. It was just, just what a difference a year can make. Yeah, man. It's just so insane how like the, how they change every year, every day, the conditions change and, and you just have to adjust if you're going to enjoy the sport. Like we enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's it, it's funny. Riding is very mental, and even just uh, getting yourself mentally ready for the the season, right? I mean, who, who knows what the snow is going to be? And to be honest, I don't really care. I mean, yeah, I'd love to ride three feet of power every day. Actually, I I wouldn't. It'd be a lot of work. It'd be yeah, a lot of work to ride three of feet work. about. Everyone says that, but uh, yeah, you just deal with it, enjoy it, make the best of it, and have fun. Because in the end, you're still snowmobiling, no matter what the conditions. You're still riding, so have fun with it. Yeah, and if you go at it like it's a challenge, and you know, there's very few conditions where you're like, okay, this sucks. This is like not fun to ride. It's like I'm gonna die, like because it's icy. Or there's there's very few conditions where it's like not fun. There's spring snow's fun three feet of pals fun everywhere in between's fun and it's just if you attack it like it's a challenge and it changes the way you ride then it's always going to be a good day you know there's no bad days yeah. on a snowmobile yeah that's true I, I i think probably one of my worst days was 
when when the conditions were just icy um, and not very yeah. consistent. And and when they're icy and you're still trying to do some of those technical lines in the trees, it can actually just flat out get scary. Um, you know, when we went up to the climb ride uh, up in Alpine, we ran into those conditions a little bit where we were literally riding stuff that was that would have been very uncomfortable in good snow. And we were, we were riding it on stuff that was so dang slippery. And, and, you know, one of the things that we're able to do when you get into those situations is you're able to get on edge when you're going downhill to help be in control. That was not an option there. You, um, if you tried to go on edge, basically it would just panel out and then you're sliding out of control downhill on one ski, getting ready to get high sided into the tree. Right. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, that one hill, did you see when I yard sailed, did you get to Uh, see when I hit the tree? I don't think so. No, you first day or second day. It was the, Oh no, I was, uh, I was, I was above you. Uh, yeah, you were above you. You were trying to, you were working on getting somebody unstuck up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. We had Andy and Brandon and we had like five guys just, carnage fest andy thomas's sled is stacked on top of matt's in a tree well. oh yeah oh yeah matt ghost yeah. road <laughs> matt was this matt started it all and i was like i'm not going any further this is out of control oh but. so I, th- this is what i love about the podcast uh, we had an agenda what we we're going to talk about and now i'm talking about this just because this was awesome yeah. so all right so you're you're a you're above me because so I actually so myself, Luke Rainey, um, Keith Curtis, and Cole. There might have been a couple others. Anyway, we made it up past that line. And so what's what's funny about riding the, these conditions? So here's what happens: you have a little bit of like spring slush, soft snow on top of just this wicked, slippery, hard layer, okay? So the first couple guys, we can use that soft snow to to our advantage and be able to have some bite into the side of the hill so we can make it up. And so, you know, when when I saw Luke and and Keith fire up their sleds, you better believe I'm like, screw you guys behind me, I am out because I knew I needed to get some snow, you know? So I, we get up to the top and we're coming back down. We're radioing to you guys like, you know, what's going on down there? And we're like, and you're, I, you were saying, well, we're all upside down, yard sale, hung up on this. And what's crazy is this hill, it wasn't like a hill like, okay, let's just turn down and go down. There were, there were only a couple spots where you could sneak through the trees to get down because it was just so steep and treed that if you started going downhill, like, well, what happened to Matt, you should check out Matt's uh, GoPro shot of this is he literally just could not get going on the side hill, lost his side hill because it was washing out and had to let go of the snowmobile. It was the only option. Like I'm letting go of my $25,000 snowmobile and, and we don't let go of sled. So that's, pretty crazy. So anyway, back, back to the story. So you're up there getting those guys unstuck. And so we're trying to get back down to you guys. And I see, I'm like, I got my head raised up. I'm looking down and I see freaking rainy, like going down on edge, just 
hauling butt out of control. And then this is with the fresh snow, right? This is with, and I say fresh snow, but some snow to help him kind of be in control. Yeah. And here goes Keith bombing right behind him. And I'm just like, dude, I am so screwed. And I was a couple more guys back and I, I mean, there was no option. I, it, you had to get down and I did not want to get down and, and I, you couldn't go on edge and that that's, so everything that, that I know and that we teach and that what I've learned is if you want to go downhill slow and in control, you got to be on edge. And so the, the thing that we tell all of our clients is once you start going on two skis, you're at the mercy of gravity. Well, here I am at 100% at the mercy of gravity. And I start, yeah. I roll over that hill and I'm just like, well, here we go. And you know, the, the bobsled down and I miss the one big tree and it sets me up right into these willows that, and, and when I say willows, you think of willows like, oh yeah, you just run over some willows, not big deal. These willows were literally like, I don't know, there was, had to be one, the, the one that I smoked was about six inches around and yeah. it it flung me. So I hit these willows and then it flings me into this tree and right at the end, I'm like, okay, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm out of here. So I, I bail from the sled. And when I bail, the sled kind of wraps around the tree and sends me into this helicopter motion. <laughs> I'm just tomahawking through the, through the, through the air. And I land and the guys down below, uh, I remember. So Brandon Tinzer was down there and he's like, I saw that and I thought you died. <laughs> and and yeah. so, and you know, it was, it was crazy. The willows kind of absorb most of the impact right at the end. I counter steered and pushed the sled away. So it, it didn't even do anything, which somehow most of the time I have a knack for that. And you guys always give me crap for that. It's like, you know, I remember this shot from this last year. <laughs> I tried to get up above this cliff and I totally didn't have enough mo and I spun out on a, log or something and i i yard sailed off of this cliff and i threw my sled and my sled landed so perfect into these two trees i mean you couldn't have done it any better and kyle comes up he's like i would have been trying to figure out how to helicopter my snowmobile out of here and you're just coming out with a broken windshield yeah that no that is the truest statement ever you i i'm like my snowmobile would have been totaled right there but you you, you're it comes out pretty clean usually for you um don't know how i'm gonna tell you the key i'm gonna tell you the key roscoe oh okay so because because i've been in these situations many times where i'm like i can't believe i'm having to hit the eject button right here but so the biggest thing is right before you're about to bail don't just jump off and you know do the little girl scream Ah, don't do that you gotta you gotta counter steer bulldog that thing and try to get it to like you know just just do something rather than go into it straight with a head on a bunch of steam. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to, so, you got to so, make some so sort of write that effort. one down. Okay. Let me take a note on that one. Oh, uh, I'll well, make sure I send this, that little tidbit to Kyle as well. <laughs> him and I both so I don't know. I don't know how we got, Oh yeah. We got down this tangent cause we were just talking about conditions and, and, yeah. and so th- that's, that that is that's not my favorite condition um you know it's funny uh we've ridden in chile multiple times where we're right on that snow line of it being snow and flat out rain 
And I yeah. remember last year we left the we left the lodge and it wasn't even close to snow. It's just rain. And when we got up to the top, it wasn't snow. It was just rain. And we rode in the rain all day. And it was it was a day where I was like, man, this could suck. And it was actually one of my best days in Chile I had all all year. It was so much dang fun. It the snow was ended up being like just super soft because we had been riding a little bit firm conditions the the couple of days prior. So the snow softened up because of the rain and and uh we just had a blast and 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 the group was was a, a fun group and they they just they embraced it and and I'm like, bet you didn't think you would fly. 8,000 miles south to go ride in the rain, did you boys? And, yeah. you know, we, we just had a lot of fun with it. And what was, what was the craziest part about that is so, I mean, it's pouring rain like all day and, you know, you get back and I mean, my gloves are soaked and all this stuff, but, and, and the outside of your gear, I mean, I weighed probably 10 extra pounds. So, you know, the outside of the gear is just soaking wet and you take your gear off and I'm like, I cannot believe I am dry. I'm yeah. I'm dry, and it's it was just one of those things where um, you know, and a bunch of the guys had climbed stuff down there, and that was that was a definitely a, a pretty fun topic piece at dinner. Was can you guys believe that we were just riding in a torrential rain pour and we're we're fairly dry, and so that that was pretty cool. Um, you know, that's again, I mean. Climb's motto, pretty easy, no bad days. And yeah. uh, that was that was another way to to not have bad days. So that was fun. Yeah, that I mean, I had a I've had a similar day down there where the only thing that I felt was wet was like my I could feel the water creeping up the the cuff of my glove in between, you know, cuz you're always in my hands are dry and my my body's dry, but this little bit creeps up your wrist cuff. Um, because there's no like gasket or anything there. And, but it's, you know, you don't go ride in the rain typically, but when you're in South America and it's August, like it's, it's what you got. So you go enjoy it and you, you have a good time. Um, and it's just a testament to what, you know, that's why we go down there and we test gear and do that kind of stuff too. And, uh, is because it is a harsh climate and you never know what you're going to get. So yeah yeah we we run definitely into all conditions there uh i'll say one thing that wasn't dry and this happens on our our spring days too it's such a disgusting feeling is the helmet yeah the helmet right so hair you know either either from sweat or uh if it's snowing and and you know you go to put that helmet back on when it's wet oh my god i hate that feeling so yeah uh, especially after lunch or something so that was something that definitely wasn't dry there but um, just just gnarly gross gross feeling yeah but yeah well it's it's been uh it's been awesome again podcast number seven here and uh just tons and tons of uh feedback lots of comments on on the youtube uh listing of the podcast uh which has been a lot of fun been been playing with a lot of questions uh you know a couple of my favorites were you know what's what's been your favorite sled you've built over the years uh where's your favorite place to ride you know all, all of these things it's it's uh it's cool to be able to to talk to you guys about it um 
with with regards to the sled question, I I thought that was that was a pretty interesting one, and and I mean the the cliche or the easy answer is well, it's my next sled. That's my that's my favorite sled. But you know, there's definitely sleds that stick out. Um, that whether whether you know you learn from it and and built something better but at the time it was like man this could be better and i'm sure you've had you've had some sleds like that um so i guess you know for me a, a couple of my my standout snowmobiles that that i will never forget um and this is going back even to the Articat days so you know one one sled that kind of started everything for me was, was the 2005 M7. Uh, that, that was a sled that, uh, changed that it changed, it changed the way I ride. It changed, I think the way we all ride today. Uh, and it's, it created this new riding style that we ride. So, so that was, that was a really cool sled. Um, and then fast forward, yeah, 2008, I got to ride my very first turbo and 2008, that was a talk about a, an absolute beast of a snowmobile. 2008, I built, uh, with, uh, boondockers and Rocky young, a, a M 1000 turbo on like 10 pounds of boost with a little short 150. It was a 152 and a half inch track. It wow. was the, the, it was a crazy wheelie monster with way too much power and way heavy. Uh, but that thing did things that to this day, I mean, I would go back and look at the lines I did with that sled and say, there's no way in hell I'm going up that. Um, so that, that was, that was definitely a crazy sled. And then, you know, just, I guess, kind of getting more into, into our, the current stuff. I mean, Jenny Craig, sure sure set the bar for me as far as what a lightweight um lightweight what it can actually do on the snow and so that that snowmobile for me uh created this whole other purpose of when i when i build a sled and and so that's that's been that sled is has set the bar for me so Roscoe, you've you've had to have a couple sleds in in your past that stuck out to you. Um, what tell tell us what's been your your baby you've loved? Well, you know, it's I never really started like truly building sleds until until I started hanging out with you. Imagine that. Um, and I was you know <laughs> as a kid, still am a kid, but uh, I think the the coolest one of my favorites was like. The 15 pro I built was like, was golden boy. That was like when we were really doing a lot of crazy stuff with like, uh, geometry and, and all that kind of stuff right before the axis came out. And then, you know, the F Rambo, um, my 17 axis build was really cool too. You know, that gave us a year under our belt to, to really get stuff dialed in. That was the same year we built monster for you, which was insane. And, you know, I think like, I remember, watching videos of you on that first turbo you built and you know just like i didn't even i was like this thing is insane it just like totally changed the way that i kind of looked at mountain riding i think because it was more of the stuff that i was interested in it wasn't just hucking uh and big air stuff it was 
it was the beginning of like true technical really gnarly riding on turbos and so so i mean it it's crazy where it's come that was 08 so that's right so we're 12 years yep. down the road from that and it, it's pretty insane what how quickly things are changing it is and and it's crazy like you said that's it's 12 model years so uh, we actually got this question too, and and this kind of plays right into to where we're going down down this road. Is I mean, what's what's in twelve years from now? Uh, what, oh my gosh! What is what is what is the sled? And and I mean, what a crazy job for the manufacturers, right? Is for them to get their little crystal ball out and figure out what we as consumers want as a sled in well, let's just say five years. I mean. Uh, manufacturers are already on a five-year plan. Uh, you know, model year twenty-one is is pretty much already done. They know what they know what twenty-one is going to be, and we're just, we haven't even got our twenties yet. And and you know, planning for twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. And so, what a what an incredibly tough job to forecast. And um, you know, speaking of that, I. So a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, there was a there was a little bit there was a release uh, on social media. Uh, let's see, what was the name of it? Tai Tai Yaga. Yeah, it's like a. I don't even know how to pronounce the electric snowmobile Taiga, yeah. maybe. So yeah, I struggle with. I don't know how they pronounce <laughs> the name of their yeah. snowmobile, but um, and so. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, they they actually, I saw a, a couple of things from them a, a couple of years ago, but it was in really early stages of development. But yep. uh, it sounds like they're actually going into production for next season. T-A-I-G-A. Yeah, how would you say that? I don't know. Somebody tell us how to say this. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But what what I thought was interesting is uh, with with the release, the comments were were fairly negative on the machine, and I think maybe it was talking about the weight, a lot of a lot of things about the weight and, and stuff. But um, and so I'm just, I'm just going to share with you guys a couple numbers here. So uh, they have on the on the mountain side. They have a couple versions. They have the standard. So when they talk about range, because it's electric, so they have the standard range or the extended range. Um, the standard range is good for 98 kilometers, uh, which is, holy cow, I don't know that. Oh, that's 60 miles. And then the other range, 140 kilometers, which is 87 miles. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I can't even get to the to the good zone in 60 miles and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, and I, I get that. I mean, there are places that are, that are like that, but man, here in, in the States and here in Colorado, I've never ridden 60 miles on my no. snowmobile mountain riding. I right. mean, we ride, we ride 24 to 35 and we are dead, tired, going home. And, right. and so, so I looked at it, I'm like, well, that, you know, that wouldn't really be a hang up for me. And then I started looking at some of their, um, their performance numbers, which these were, these were pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they had their standard kit was 120 horsepower and their performance kit was 180 horsepower. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, so that, 
that 180 and, and so a couple other th- cool things about that that sled is uh there's no belt there's no motor so there's no like you know you're not changing oil there's there's literally essentially almost no maintenance yeah very low um, maintenance but yeah and so you know i'm th- i'm thinking of the 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 shortcomings that that we have in in our world today uh obviously we're really mean to belts very mean to belts. Yeah. Um, on a on a deep powder day, you're heat soaking the motor and uh, you're losing RPM and and uh, or when it's super deep, the runnability of the sled isn't where it is normally. I mean, you have all of these these factors that that we deal with and we understand because you know we're riding in these extreme conditions. But you would think if everything on the electric side was the way it should be, you would never have any of those. No heat soak, no blown belts, uh, you know, n- none of that. And and so, I I, I think it's interesting. I, I I like being an optimist and and not uh, looking at things negatively. And I think and and uh, you know, it's it's not like I'm going to go out and. And buy one, right? But, I mean, I'm, right. I'm a Polaris, <laughs> I'm a Polaris guy through and through, and and but what what it what it does, and what I thought was interesting is anytime somebody comes out with something new and different, that is a win for us. That is a win for the consumer, especially if it works, because that is going to force the manufacturers to to look at it and to listen and to see and to say, huh, well, maybe this is a direction that we should look at and could look at and potentially uh, in the future. And so, and then, you know, the, all of the zero emissions thing, that's real in in today's society, you have zero emissions. I mean, that's awesome. And, and, you know, we talk about not only uh, motor emissions, uh, so exhaust emissions, but also sound and, and, you know, people aren't all that happy that we're ripping around on, on snowmobiles and snow bikes and being loud and noisy in, in the forest, which uh, it's, they have the right to be there, but we do also, it's getting less and less places because they're getting shut down, but you know, maybe this, maybe this could be a solution for some of that and, and, uh, a compromise. So uh, I thought it was really interesting. I thought, uh, it, the, I was, I kind of was chuckling to myself. I'm like, man, everyone is hating on this thing when, you know, in the end, I, I think there's a lot of good ideas and concepts here. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I'm very curious to, to see what transpires from this, just, you know, whether, I hope the best for this company, whether they make it or how successful it is, you know, it's certainly a step in a, an awesome direction. Uh, and the, the, the tough part I think is going to be, and what, what we talk about the most is the handling ergonomics and actually how the sled handles Yeah, the, it, in, in reality, the performance, the motor, the, all of that stuff isn't as important as how the sled actually is going to handle. So, that's um i'm not sure how that will play out and that's probably going to be the interesting part but you know to see the weight is quote unquote heavy but that's ready to ride when we talk sled weight we're usually talking dry so 
the, this sled is always going to weigh the same amount. Um, and, but if you loaded a sled down full of fuel and oil, I, you're going to be up there too, weight wise. So it's, it's yeah, really and cool. Th- that, that, that number actually Ross. So they're, they're extended version. So the one with the, the, the more, more miles you can yeah. get out of. So essentially more battery, right. uh, it's 586 pounds. A Axis 800-163 full of gas oil spare belt was 580. Boom. So that's pretty dang impressive. That's really I impressive, actually. I mean, it's actually. the same, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, again, I mean – that you got to you got to look at these things with an open mind but your point i 100% agree on is uh and let's just use the 08 M1000 turbo for an example i mean that had more power than i knew what to do with it but there's i would rather ride a stock sled now than ride a big old tank of a turbo just cuz it has power uh because right. of the handling characteristics and and just the how easy it is to ride and and so, yeah that that will be that will be interesting to see where they go and and yeah I I mean I'm always look I always like seeing what's next and 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 potentially uh, getting the product better and and I think that's what's really cool on the Polaris side of things is uh, over the years they have acquired some 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 really cool companies in vastly different markets and one of them is electric they they own an electric uh company uh that produces electric vehicles i think over in europe and they might actually have them over here now too but you know that that technology is is something that it could be potentially used in 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 our world and um i i i think it's cool uh anytime anytime something new and different whether it works or it doesn't work it sure is neat that someone and and what's so awesome it not not necessarily the snowmobile in this is that someone thought it would be a good idea to invest in our industry and our industry is not growing um, and that's, that's scary for all of us. It should be, yeah. um, sales are down every year, um, because of whatever, right. The sport's expensive. It doesn't snow. I mean, whatever the excuse is, our sport is, um, trending the wrong way, but for a company to see a value to, um, to, to design and develop a product, that's awesome. That's good. That, that may even get more people back into the sport. Um, so, you know, those are all things that that's how I look at it. Yeah. And, and, you know, bridging that gap of if you had a silent electric snowmobile here in central Oregon, like it's, there's tons of guys that seem like they're getting into, there's more skiers getting into backcountry access because they want to get away from crowds. So they're using sleds to get as far back as they possibly can before they have to start hiking. So you know, they're going to be way, they're going to be totally apt to a more, um, you know, eco-friendly, um, quote unquote, or silent machine to help them get back there where, you know, this is a, in my neck of the woods, it's very, it's driven a lot more by human powered. So mountain bike, um, skiing, snowboarding, hiking, all, they have a lot of power and they have the numbers and, you know, I love to do all that stuff too. So anything that's going to help um, our relationship, the power sport people's relationship with them is going to be a win for us. Cause that's where, 
that's kind of what we have to battle a little bit going into the future. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's cool. Um, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, coming back to our reality in our world, um, the it's, it's crazy. 2020 sleds are, are being, are being built, uh, getting, I know they're building short track stuff now and, uh, we're scheduled to potentially have mountain sleds, um, earlier this season, which I'm, I'm excited about. And that already gets the wheels turning for, uh, the mod sleds and what, what we're going to build this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'll be doing, um, I'll be doing a boondocker turbo again, of course. Um, and then I'm actually going to be running, I believe I'm going to be running a Carl's 900. Um, I'm going to really had a lot of fun on my lightweight 850 last year. And, um, uh, and the lightweight stuff is so much dang fun. Yeah. Ross, you, you, it's, it's, it's spilled over a little on you. I know it, and you hate me for it every, every step of the way. Yeah, it, I'm not making it. Got to ask you for a raise so I can build a cool sled. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's you know what you know what's funny is your two sleds last year. You you actually did a lot of stuff on them. Uh, yeah. And oh yeah. It, they were probably two of your lighter sleds that you've ever built. But that that little like that extra step. Right. Uh, so right. let's talk about. I guess you know the skid. That was one of the big differences um what what else i mean i had there was only a few couple little things right i had my my tie pitman arm and and steering post and bars and you know overall probably what do you think 15 pounds with the skid and that stuff 15 to 20 pounds difference and yeah you know what what was it like when you got on right you know on my sled for the first time well it it just goes forward at a an alarming rate you know, it just does things, it it does everything just a little bit better. And when we play a game of getting above one tree is the difference of you making it to the top is like, that's, that's all it takes is that sled is going to get above that tree. Whereas my sled, I'm either going to get greedy and get stuck or have to go below. And it makes my line different or harder or, you know, so many different things. And it's, it's fatigue as well. Um, you know, it's, the lighter sled allows you to ride longer and with less effort. So why wouldn't you want that? That's so we can ride until dark <laughs> instead of being tired at two. That's right. You got to go home. So it's what we battle. It's I, what I we, think you it's, know, we talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah. I think it's funny how, you, how you think of it and describe it. And I, I didn't really think of it like that, but it truly is, is, you know, it's on these lines that we're, we're choosing and picking them and these situations that we're putting ourselves in. It literally is. If you can get above that tree, it sets you up on the shelf. And when you get up on the shelf, then you carry momentum to the next line. And if you can't, then you, you can't make the line. And, and so, you know, I think I, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people who just wonder, I mean, why do you have to do the titanium, whatever, or the carbon, this or whatever. And it's like, it's like, because all of those things truly do make a difference. I don't do it just because I have a like endless fun to throw things at. I mean, I, I pay for carbon. I pay for tie. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't get this stuff for free and I, 
it makes that big of a difference um, that it, it was worth my experience. You know, it, it makes my experience that much better on the snow. And so I can justify it to me of, of spending the extra money. But um, the, the lightweight stuff is, uh, well, it, it's funny. We need to get Dan Adams on here because Dan, yeah, Dan, will. so Dan, I, I got him, he's hooked. He, he got the, the lightweight disease as well. And it's cool. I was actually on the phone with him last night and he's, he's talking to me about his bills as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm going carbon, everything, you know, all this stuff. And, and what's funny is, you know, two years ago, Dan built one of the gnarliest sleds on the planet as far as like, how it could go uh what the sled he called danable yeah danable lector maybe danable Electra. Um, but lector yeah remember yeah. His, his you know he built a 174 like all the skin stuff turbo i mean this thing was unreal um but after he rode his lightweight sled he's like well i mean danable has its place for sure but the type of riding I like to do, I'm going this way. And so it's kind of cool to, to see and hear that transformation. Yeah. Dan, once, once we, oh my gosh, once I, I get the deck and the podcast is ready to go, Dan's our first call in guest. Maybe we'll get him on here. Right, oh, right, for sure. Right before you, you guys leave for Chile. Cause Dan's going down there. So <laughs> that'll be good. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that'll be really good. Um, yeah. And, and so, um, I guess we'll, I got a couple things to wrap up here. Uh, yeah. Sled build wise. Uh, so I am going to do a little different this year. I, you know, one thing we got everybody all hot to trot and excited on the, on the cut tunnel deal. And the cut tunnel is a hundred percent legit. I mean, it, it, it goes through the snow better. It reentries easier. It does, it doesn't get hung up when you're side hailing. I mean, there are some big advantage to it, which is really cool. Um, one, uh, and the big disadvantage, well, there's two of them. One is it's pretty labor intensive. Two is the cooling factor of it. It's, it's pretty tricky to keep the sled running at the temperature that, it should be running for, for optimal power. Um, when you're riding, riding in subpar snow, when you're riding in regular snow, it's fine. Um, but so I'm going to try to put a front cooler in my snowmobile. Um, I, I would like to think that with the right front cooler in there, I'm hoping I can eliminate the tunnel cooling. Um, but that's, that's something I'm going to have to play with. So I'm going to go that route, which is going to be a lot of modification and time <laughs> and effort, of course, right. That goes in, um, and then, yeah. and then do the, the 900 I'm kind of on the fence, uh, whether I'm going to do twins on the 900 or just uh, again, kind of staying with the lightweight, the twins are four pounds lighter than a stock exhaust, but uh, I'm almost, uh, let's see here, 11 pounds lighter if you're just doing the silencer and then run the stock single pipe. So a couple things to, to weigh out there. I definitely will have a sled with, uh, the SLP twins on it next year. Uh, for mm -hmm. sure. I was, I was, I was happy with the way they ran when SLP came down here. Um, when did they come down here about a month ago now? Yeah. So, um, yeah, those, Lots, lots of building, lots of parts, lots of time. 
And, uh, but I'm excited. You know, the thing I'm, I'm most nervous about is every year, how do you pick out the right color combo? How do you choose the right name? I mean, it's getting yeah. super difficult. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got my colors figured out in my head. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm content there. So what, what, what are they? Ross? No, I, I'm going to text them to you because I don't want anybody else stealing my stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, like, I'm going to steal it because I'm out of ideas. I know. I don't want to tell you because you always end up with my sleds looking like mine or vice versa. And then everybody thinks I copied you. But really, I'm the design guy over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I mean, Dr. Evil last year, that that was my, I think, my coolest looking sled. Uh, yeah. That that pearl, white, and purple uh Man, that thing was awesome. And then skins hooked everything up with powder coating. It was it was a a piece of it was it was, it was awesome. It was a piece of artwork. Yeah. I don't I yeah, I messed that, that up. A, but, uh and then and then Slim, you know, Slim, like I went for the just I knew I did actually I didn't know, but I ended up riding that sled a lot and you know, a lot of black to hide tree scratches because that sled was just, it was in the trenches every day. And I yeah. love, man, I love that sled. As far as just a fun sled to ride, like an everydayer, I think that's been my best one. And even, even better than Jenny Craig, um, which a lot of people find that hard to believe, but well, yeah. it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll, that time is, is approaching sled build stuff. I know, you know, I've been, I've been planning it out in my head, what, what I'm going to be doing and, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, no, it's it's an exciting it's an exciting fall every year to to figure out what we want to do and and build it. You know, it's like building the hype and then to actually go ride it is the best part. So it's the, it's yeah, exciting. it it really is. So well, uh, let's wrap up this podcast. Um, this one we kind of we're all over the board. Uh, not re- not really an agenda or a topic. No. Um, but man, a lot of fun. It was, it's cool to talk about just, I mean, riding, riding March conditions in June. Uh, it, do, it doesn't get any better than that. And then kind of sharing with you guys, some of, uh, some of my all time sleds that really made a big difference in, in the way I look at snowmobiling and the way I ride today. And so that was kind of fun. And then dipping into the future a little bit on the electric stuff, it'll be cool to see where that goes and and then yeah. talking about what we're going to get to do this year yeah so yeah a little bit of everything uh this week and uh so we, we appreciate you guys listening be sure to subscribe um there's still 29 percent of you guys that aren't subscribed if you're listening so um that just allows you to get notifications that hey we posted a new podcast and because of our hectic schedule sometimes we uh we're not we're not very regular. So um, if you subscribe, then you know that something, some late, late and great uh, podcast is up and uh, yeah, you can listen to it, but we appreciate you guys listening and uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you next time, Chris. Yeah. Make sure, make, make sure you guys uh, leave us comments and, and love just picking the questions and comments that you guys post. Uh, We love using those as topics, of course. Right. I mean, this is, 
this podcast isn't for me to hear Ross talk. It's, it's for us <laughs> to provide you, provide you with uh, information and entertainment. And so anything that we can uh, touch on that would help you in your pursuit of uh, loving this awesome sport even more, we're, we're, we're here for you. Awesome. Thanks guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace out.